Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Guys, welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for knife makers, knife enthusiasts, DIYers, and everybody else. If you want to know anything with any of the letters, K-N-I-V-E-S, this is the podcast for you. You can use them any way you want. I'm Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. Here with me is the great Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and our boy, our boy, our boy Craig isn't here this week. Something's going on, and he will be back next week. We miss him dearly. Recco, how the fuck are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I was, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> We're tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little discombobulated slightly, uh, only because I've had a couple cups of coffee. Oh, yeah. I've taken my ADHD medication. Do you really take ADHD medication? I do. Huh. And so I'm a, I'm a little jacked up right now. <laughs> That's good. Um, For podcasts? Like energy-wise. I'm, in fact, I'm like a little jittery. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you guys are getting me all buzzed up on uh, different drugs of sorts. So, Us. What's that? Not me. Not me. I'm fucking, I'm the most pathetic. I'm like, the, the only drug oh, I'm on these days is a th- a three quarters of a cup of coffee. That's it. Per day. That's it. Be- so. because, uh, because of the caffeine or... The caffeine was the caffeine was doing me in. I was getting heart the heart palpitations were coming from too much coffee. Oh, so like I cut it down and now I'm stress and three quarters and I'm fine. I got you. Yeah, I learned uh, caffeine can do that to me as well. Uh, I think the first time that happened, I was moving from Denver, Colorado, to, back to Washington, and I was road tripping with a friend. I didn't have much stuff, so we just rented a car. And, uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great idea. I got like a, I, I had a coffee and I had a couple five hour energies. And every time oh. I started to feel a little sleepy while driving, I was like, oh, I got to drink another one. And I drank way too many in a very short period of time. And then I had to stop driving because I thought I was going to have a fucking heart attack. So, it- um, take those, <laughs> make sure one, make sure you get plenty of sleep. Do not rely on those. And two, be careful when you were drinking those because they'll fuck you up there is not enough warning about too much caffeine (laughs) everyone makes jokes there is not enough warning there's not enough warning people should be warning you guys you're gonna be wrecked for the day (laughs) funny enough we were you and i were talking a couple weeks ago and uh henry hyde sent me some coffee 
He sent mm. me a light roast coffee from Baltimore a couple months ago, and it was delicious. It was delicious. Oh. And I know that Hillary wasn't around, so I made a pot and I just brought it to the shop with me. I drank, I probably drank 20 ounces of it. I was out of my fucking mind, and I was talking about it on this podcast. Uh -huh. He sent me another package, and he wrote, <laughs> he sent me, here's how funny Henry Hyde is. He sent me a new coffee that was a darker roast yes. and a and a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> because he said, just in case this one's too much for you, here's a roll of toilet paper for you. It was very funny. Yeah, toilet I, paper and a coffee. I, I learned, I don't know, a few years back. Uh, I, oh, I, I remember how. I was taking like a, a coffee, like a how to use like an espresso machine from right. this coffee company that roasts locally here. Uh, when they sell their product, they offer a free training. And so I was doing the free training and learning about it. And I learned that lighter roasted coffees actually have a higher caffeine content. And found so out too even late, I found out too late. Yeah. So, so for everybody who doesn't know lighter roast, higher caffeine content. So don't think light roast means not very much caffeine. It actually is more, it's more about like the roasted quality of the, the bean literally means a light roast. It's only been lightly roasted versus a darker roast has had more time. It's had possibly even higher temperatures, uh, and, but they have also less caffeine. So be careful with those light roasts. That is banana in the tailpipe time. No one ever <laughs> fucking warns you. <laughs> Nobody ever warns you until, until it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, this past week's been pretty decent. I think, uh, I had Holly Loftus, uh, we had her just for an evening. Uh, she came in from Dan Biddinger's place. Actually, she had been up visiting Dan and his family up in Squim, Washington, and she stopped on her way down um, by my place, stayed the night, hung out with the family. We made pizzas that night. It was uh, The in-laws were actually um, over too. Uh, so that was they, they love meeting people uh, from all over the place. Um, it, actually, when my wife is going to high school, they would do a lot of uh, hosting of uh, students who were visiting the school, basically exchange oh, cool. students. And so it kind of was like a step into that, back into that world for them. Um, but it was great to hang out with Holly and we didn't really do any work together. We just spent a lot of time talking about knives, talking about the business of knives, some technical, technical aspects around knife making process. Um, but it's really just like great to get to know her a bit more personally. Obviously, she hosted an episode of Knife Talk podcast. Was that like two years ago now, or oh, a year boy, and a half yeah. for Women's Day? And um, and then and then she uh, and, and she did your podcast, right? No, she did not. She, she hasn't. Refused. Oh, I, she she refused. Well, here's the funny story. <laughs> I asked okay. her. I begged her. And then I stopped, and then I'd ask her, and then she's, eh, no one wants to, I, and then I said, I'm not going to say another word. I mean, when you want to come on, you have the full, yeah. whatever you want. And she's blowing me off every left and right. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's blowing off the podcast left and right. I mean, it's enough already. She's got a lot going on, it sounds like. I know. Yeah, this is a whirlwind tour for her. Yeah, well, and that was the part of the thing. I knew that she was going to be touring around the United States, but I didn't realize that she'd already been in the U.S. for like three months, or wow. it's a three-month-long trip. So she's basically almost done. She's going to finish up, it sounds like, in Blade and then head back to London uh, wow. where her shop is. And she's been cruising around. I think part of the premise is that she uh, got this grant so that she could travel around, work with Master Smiths as part of her 
betterment betterment of her understanding of the abs way and process and techniques um so that as she works towards possibly testing for her abs journeyman smith next year uh, she'll just be in a better position for that because she specializes in culinary knives and culinary knives has been her background and and the techniques and and approaches that she uses and when she was working for blenheim forge they use don't necessarily translate into the abs style of guards and bowie knives and hunting knives and all that kind of stuff so she's been working with some big names and and uh it's pretty cool it was it was neat to chat with her and catch up with her about that and kind of hear about her journey and um and so uh yeah otherwise in the shop i have been i've been working on the sword stuff i appreciate too by the way uh, I have been getting messages, and I think people are being maybe a little care- careful, <laughs> uh, but uh, getting very helpful emails um, about uh, diff- people having either different connections, knowing different professors or archaeologists in, uh, or people that work in that realm, as well as um, suggestions for people to reach out to potentially who have a background. Uh, especially with like uh, the history of swords and weapons. Right. Um, there's somebody who's been in, oh God, what was it? The Axe, Axe and Iron? Oh shit, I screwed up that. I guarantee I screwed up that podcast name. What oh, was it? A- the Axe, Axe and Iron Podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Roy and Chris? Yeah, I think it is. I don't know. It's one of the, it's one of the podcasts. There, there's a gal that's been on there who I, I think maybe a couple times uh, who is a historian of... Um, and I think she specializes in uh, Asian uh, weaponry, so like India up through China and Japan and that kind of part of the world. So she doesn't necessarily do European style stuff, but I'm sure she has uh, she knows people in different realms of uh, swords. So I need to reach out to her. Uh, she's been suggested to me a few times now, um, and so I just I do I want to thank everybody who has sent stuff and if anybody again still has something meaningful either a meaningful connection or a reference or suggestion uh, i'm still accepting those um please when you said careful is it that you were they were afraid that you were going to block them i don't know possibly i I haven't been getting any bullshit messages which has been great okay um that's great while sometimes they're funny like some of them are super boring and not funny and i'm just like all right guy (laughs) If you're gonna waste just, my time, at least make it funny. Let me so, just some tell of them you, are not. <laughs> you, you have your your blocking rampage, or your your the legend of your blocking, has drifted over to me because now I'm getting messages, and then if I write something back on the terse side, I'll get a very fast like, oh, I don't want you to block me. I don't you like you're? I'm getting your I'm getting your uh, your wake. I I'm got getting you. the Oh, it's great. I You're mean, welcome. Are, oh, thank you. Thank you. 100% <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being a terrorist when it comes to blocking. And now all of a sudden I'm hard-nosed. like... Hard-nosed. Oh, I, I prefer to be hard-nosed than a okay, terrorist. Okay, hard-nosed. Not a terrorist. A <laughs> terrorist is a little strong. I apologize. Uh, yeah. And so the sword stuff's been going good. I have some I have some good suggestions for moving forward and connecting with people. And then... Um, what is it? I think the last thing... I have my notes actually right in front of me. Oh, last episode was great, by the way. Thank, thank you. you for covering for me. You guys were great. Yeah, no, and I, I also want to apologize to people for that. like I don't know what the fuck it was so bizarre. I think it bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. It was weird. I got 
like I was disconnected and Craig couldn't hear me anymore, but I could right. still hear him. Ugh. And I think the platform like glitched out some, it was, I was super frustrated though. And I everything, bet. everything was looking great on my computer. It's just, I couldn't, he couldn't hear me. And I just, so sorry, I dropped out peeps. Uh, I, I don't wish know what that he was. kept going. He, he, his, his last three minutes by himself <laughs> were the potential for something excellent. And he just, he went with it for a little bit. He started rambling off questions, and then he, he, would, he would write, no, I don't know. Yes, I don't know. No, I don't know. And he kept going, and he didn't. He just fucking bailed. I was kind of pissed yeah. about that. I was kind of hoping he'd do at least 10 minutes. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, Laren Thomas has put out a new book called The Story of Knife Steel, Innovators Behind Modern Damascus and Super Steels by Dr. Laren Thomas. You can go get it off Amazon. I'm sure he has a link in his bio yeah. uh, over on Instagram as well as through Knife Steel Nerds, or you can just look it up uh, on Amazon and Got find it. Right it. Here. You have it right there? I, I interviewed him three weeks ago all, all about right. it on Full Blast, and then I ordered it, and... I got the hardcover. It's great. Nice. I got to flip through it uh, a couple weeks ago. It's an awesome, awesome book. It's not. Oh, you just got you like, got an older copy. I sent him. <laughs> I sent no, some no. edits because I, I felt like I sounded like a troglodyte. Um, so my wife helped well, me mean, with some edits. The, I, I mean, when did you send the edits? Because <laughs> they they publish. This is a published book. <laughs> I understand. I sent. I and I looked. They I, they made. He made the changes, but it was like I didn't realize how close he was to publishing. Um, yeah. And I think I sent the edits, and then the book was published like five days later. Yeah, yeah. There's no way. <laughs> it just forget. You know, it's funny enough. He sent me a message after our podcast. I asked questions that he didn't have answers for about his dad, Devin Thomas, <clears throat> okay. who's just uh, winning this award, uh, getting inducted into the culinary. Oh yeah, the Hall of Fame. Fame. I asked him questions, and he wrote to me. He's like, I didn't, I didn't know on the podcast, and it made me go back, and I re he re-edited the book to add those questions, and so those fucking. Mm questions aren't any those aren't in the you're going to be on like volume four or something you know or the, whatever he's going to do it over again but it's a great book well and i think that's cool about um some of these books that he's writing is that they can be kind of living documents in a way and new editions can come out as uh techniques and different approaches or new discoveries like come to be um like i'm working on these swords uh, you know it, that right now they haven't been fully re replicated but potentially in a future edition right there might be a section talking about the history of those swords and how they were, those were made but i'm pretty confident uh, from what i was reading it doesn't really go into some of that history into too great a depth mostly because it's not well understood and so there's not much to say about it so well, hopefully in a couple of years there might be something interesting to add there so anyways just, uh laren's book came out and i'm fortunate to be part of that book we talked about that we kind of a little bit the other day um and then oh what am i oh yeah i'm gonna be a blade show i've talked about this a few times um and i i, I want to i have these really great challenge coins uh the edc gearhouse um sent me um that were like Malmasi fire arts style. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some of them are made out of bronze. Some are made out of uh, titanium that has been anodized and it's got all this great engraving work and laser engraving. And they're super cool. They're really fucking cool. And so a couple of them, he sent me a, a, a nice little batch of a few different variations. And so I'm going to, I will actually want to do a giveaway with those challenge coins. And so I'm going to do an Artisans of Steel bingo. 
<laughs> this sounds super fucking cheesy. Uh, but basically, they're not, not everybody in this last year's calendar is going to be a Blade show, but a lot of them are. And so the idea is to go take, bring your calendar to Blade show. Get your, I mean, you should bring it anyways. Get it autographed by the different makers. But basically, if you fill out your calendar with the makers that are actually present at the show, uh, I want to offer you an entry, basically, into this giveaway. And um, and then I'm going to set up, set people up with, uh, have a couple different options. So basically, like a first drawn person, then a second place. Um and I think I'm going to post, I should, by the time this comes out, I'll have posted about um, the specific challenge coins and how this all is all going to work. But wow. it, this is, this is one of the last chance because the month is almost out. This is one of the last chances to get the calendar. Uh, and I have a link in my bio for the calendar, but to get the calendar, if you're going to be at blade show to take it around, play this bingo game, get them autographed by the makers. Anyways, like how fucking cool would that be to have those actual makers sign your calendar and then, and then maybe you could win some. So people go check it out, go get the artisans to steal calendar 2023 and play bingo with me. Bingo, bingo, bango, bingo, bango, bongo. All right. So how has your week been? Uh, last couple weeks, actually, because you we weren't uh, you weren't here last week for re- for various reasons. Sure, but before we get into it, I just want to just say I want to thank one of our sp- we want to thank one of yes. our sponsors, Even Heat, the manufacturer, the finest heat treat oven available. Go check out your next Even Heat and see what the fuss is all about at evenheat-kiln.com. Okay, ladies and germs, let's go. So, how was my week? Ugh, the last two weeks, I would give. A lesson in dealing with things out of your control. Mm. And actually, some of the things we can kind of further talk about because they're kind of pertinent to knife talk. Uh, one of the fear, the fears that I had over the past months, I had to get my passport renewed. And we got it because I'm going to go to see Barcelona. I'm going to go see Tomer in a couple of weeks. Right. And we That's went great. to, and there was room, in, there was room to spare. I didn't even have to do it, honestly. I, I didn't have to do it. I had enough time on it, but I thought, oh, let's get it done. We got it done in January. Well, January, February, March, I get a message rejecting your photograph. I resubmit the photograph. They rejected that photograph. And then I'm calling every five minutes. Wait, wait, are they even giving you any notes as to why? Well, it's because during COVID, they started this program where it was like faceless or touchless uh, renewals. And you could do everything online. So my wife was like, let's do it online. And we have time. We have ton. Of, it's only going to take eleven weeks. No problem. Do it in January. We're not going until June. And blah 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 blah. They, you know, whatever. So apparently, we submitted in January, and they stopped the program in February because it was too much of a pain in the ass for okay. the treasure for the travel gov or whatever it was. Okay. So I started to get nervous. My wife's came, but mine got rejected, and I started calling, and they're like, "Oh, don't worry. You know, this happens." And well, just, you know, if in two weeks before your trip, call us up. I'm like, I got to wait till for two weeks. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Oh, it was terrible. I was stressed out. I was just like, on my mind, I'm going all the way to like, I'm about to call Tomer and say, just find someone else. Or, I, it, everything about it was bad. And he, I started stressing him out. And all of a sudden, bingo, shows up a couple, you know, last two weeks ago, which was great. And all I can think of is every, all my, I can now, Hillary and I were like, all we have to do now is we can take our this anxiety, put it away, and focus on another anxiety. <laughs> and God damn it, if I didn't say, didn't say that fast enough, um, two weeks ago on Monday, 
David, great guy. He works for me. He works here. He's great. He had an accident in the shop. Oh. And it was an accident enough where you come to the conclusion, you know, you know, I know, we everybody knows they have this level of intervention before mm-hmm. you got to go to the emergency room. Right. Like, I'm not going to get into the specifics of it. It was a freak accident. Shouldn't have happened. It happened. But it was just like, all right, Dave, I'm taking you to the hospital. Take him to the hospital. Get on the phone with Tony. All right, well, no, 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 don't worry. Just take care of it. We're going to take care of it. Get him to the hospital. Give him a couple stitches. You know, I wait in the hospital with the emergency room. It's a couple stitches. Isn't the biggest deal in the world, but at the same time, it's like, what do you do? You know, you got to do the right. right thing. You can't just like just put some fucking tape on and don't be a pussy. It's no, you can't really fucking do that. So that was stressful. And then got him home. Fine. Gave him the week off. He took the week off. He just wasn't feeling. You know, and he took the, all the time he needed. We took care of him. We took care of him. We did the right thing. Took care of him. Yeah. Workers comp. And thank God we have insurance. P.S. Everyone says, I don't want to hear about insurance. <laughs> well, have an accident in your shop and then tell me <laughs> you don't want insurance. Jesus Christ. Right. So the crazy part. So that's crazy part number one. I get home that night from the ER. There's a box on my door with my handwriting on it. It's a, it's a post office box. Okay. And I look at it and I think to myself, oh, why is my handwriting on Oh. This looks like one of the boxes I shipped. And there's there's customs labels all over it. And UK, Border Patrol, or whatever the fuck. A package you got shipped back from, from England. Hmm. And I'm looking, and I'm looking, and all of a sudden I look at the name, and it dawns on me that I sent three knives in February to the UK. Okay. You know, racked up $1,700 worth of sales, whatever. So yeah. I look at the box. The box is okay. There's got stickers all over it. I can't really understand what's happening. And then I just I find the guy's name. I email him. I said, hey, listen, I don't, I don't know why this got sent back. All right, so February, March, April, we're in May, so four months. Yeah. I don't know why, I don't know why this happened, uh, but if you want to send me your address, I can send you. I'll send it back. I don't know what happened. Guy writes me back. I'm not going to spare you, but basically says, you know what? If you could just give me a refund, that'd be fine. And then I wrote, well... He, uh, well, is there a reason? I mean, the package wasn't open, everything like that. He writes me back and he goes, I didn't expect that I'd have to pay for customs. <laughs> so he refused it. Oh, wow. He refused the pack. He showed up to wherever you pick it up, the post office. <clears throat> yep. They slapped him with a bill. And here's, and here's the story. So when I do anything abroad, I'm always very careful mm-hmm. about what I put on the value. For a couple of reasons. It's the UK. I don't put on knives, kitchen tools, kitchen utensils or whatever. And then I always write gifts just because I feel like, I feel bad that these guys are getting, you know, they, they're getting crushed. And the other thing is, is I don't want to make it like a big federal case. I don't know right. how. You can't calculate customs. So I try, I mean, I think I put maybe 200 bucks, 300 bucks on it just to, and as a gift. Oh, wow. Know, not 1,700 bucks. Yeah. Sometimes I put 50 bucks, but at the same time, if it's heavy, you got to like, you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit. Sure. And in regards to being legal or not legal, I'm just trying to like, I don't know, I, no one's knocking on my door with a badge, so I'm not too worried about it right now. Guy decided he didn't want to pay for it. So I, <laughs> $1,700. Talk to the talk to the office, and we're like, I said to Tony, Tony, we have we have seventeen hundred dollars to pay this guy back. He's like, yeah, absolutely. All right, pay him back. And then we're like, just refund them the money. And Allison was furious. I'm like, fuck this guy. Mm-hmm. She's from Philly, so she's just like, you know, she wants. <laughs> she wants. Yeah. And it was a kick in the balls. It was a kick in the balls because I mean, it's like seventeen hundred bucks from Jan- from February. I mean, but you, once again, out of your control, you do the right thing. Um, and in regards to this. I had, I talked to Tomer Botner 
foreign key kitchen knives, obviously. He said the UK is the worst when it comes to this. Mm. And not the UK people, not the UK government, but the people. People left and right in the UK are refusing packages because they don't want to pay the customs. And he says, when I sell something to the UK, I follow it up with an email letting him know. And his knives aren't expensive. I mean, you can get a Florentine kitchen knife for under $300. So, like, I can't imagine what what's going on. Now, the crazy thing is, in my situation, is the guy didn't even email me back. He basically oh. waited for me to respond. You know, I got the, the, the knives back, and then I emailed him. And then he says, okay, I want my money back. If he had gone to the, if he had gone to the customs department, gotten the bill, sent me an email, I would have fucking, I mean, could have been what, 150 bucks maximum. I would have, I would have, or I don't even know. Could have been less. Could have been 75 bucks. Right. I would have fucking said, if he had thrown his face in, I said, look, I'll, I'll give you, I'll pay for the customs. Yeah, no shit. Over paying the whole thing back. Yeah. But it was a drag. Ugh. And then I'll, I'll, I'll wind it down. So David was out last week, but I mean, just because he's out doesn't mean the deadlines are gone. So I have specific deadlines. I'm getting 10 knives out a week. So I hauled Ooh. ass. I got 16 knives out last week. Oyster knives and reclaimed cleavers and all this bullshit. Right. And it's great. And business is steady. And we're, we're in a roll and we're on a roll. And then uh, towards the end of last week, I've said this on a number of podcasts ago, a number of months ago, my uncle is not well. Mm. I spoke to him for the last time on Friday and he died on I died on Sunday and I'm going to go down to see his family uh, on Thursday next week and it was very sad. So yeah. this it, so and then well, the he had passed away on Mother's Day, but then on Friday when you guys were podcasting, this building has a uh, construction not a construction like they do uh, they rehab cars. They 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 have a sandblaster outside. So okay. they were outside sandblasting. You couldn't hear a goddamn thing. I couldn't even, I couldn't get my shit to go. And I was just like, ah, fuck it. These guys can do it without me. So that's the story. So now we're, David's back. We've been hauling ass this week. And uh, this is, today is my uh, 22nd anniversary with my dear wife. We're going to yeah, congratulations. try to I relax. Just and, uh, you know, look, you're dealing with things that are out of your control. It sucks. So that's just how you deal with it. Yeah, so sorry to hear because I remember you telling stories about your your man, uncle and that you're Jay really, was a good dude, man. You're really close with him. So I tell you what, I tell you what, he got me into sports. He took me to my. I'll tell you a funny story. He Let's took me it. to my first Islanders game, and I was very young. And he took me to the Islanders game, and he took me. That's hockey, I'd never right? been before. Hockey. That's right. <laughs> it's hockey, and it was Madison Square Garden. He took me to like the nosebleed seats, like where the drunks. Go and in the eighties it was bad. With the drunks go. <laughs> oh, the drunk. I mean, these are fucking retro reprobates. And he got tickets on the glass. We're we're looking, and I'm leaning over. I can barely see. It's, I'm a fucking little kid. I'm a little child. Yeah. And I'm looking, and I'm sitting on the glass, and I over here. It's like, hey, you little wimp! If you don't get off the glass, we're gonna throw you over the the fucking wall. And I, I was terrified. <laughs> I was ter. A grown man. So I must have been like seven or eight. A grown man, drunken man, said this to me. So my uncle, I was freaking out. My uncle said, don't worry, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. I said, I, you know, I, I really kind of want to go home. So Jay took me home, 
And my mother says, why are you home so early? And I said, well, you know. And Jay said, oh, well, you know, this guy yelled at Jeff. And he really, and she goes, well, what did he say? And I said, well, he said, if you don't get off the glass, yeah, you little wimp, if you if you don't get off the glass, I'm going to throw you over the side. And she says, how do you know he was talking to you? And I said, because I was the only little wimp there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the that's a great Jay story. We're going to go, I'm going to go down to Florida. We're going to tell some Jay stories and... Uh, celebrate his life and you know look it's it's um he was a great guy huge influence on me and uh, yeah. you know this is this is this is life this is life dealing with things out of your control Morocco. dealing with things out of your control sure what can you do what can you do that's a real question I know what you can do if you're dealing with things in your control, especially if you're grinding. You use some combat aggressive pot. There you go. Talk. Oh, my God. I'm going into a fucking... My Uncle Jay died into a combat abrasive. I deserve a fucking raise for going <laughs> segueing into a goddamn combat abrasive. Guys, guys, don't worry about that. If you're gonna if you're gonna grind for some, you need some abrasives. Go to combat abrasives. Go to combatabrasives.com. Fifteen percent off with promo code Knife Talk fifteen. My uncle Jay also told me to swing at pitches. So if there's an t- opportunity to tell a joke, even if it's a bad time, mm. fucking swing at pitches. So I swung at a pitch. Combat gotcha. abrasives, uh, knife talk fifteen for fifteen percent off. There that's go. good. Yeah, I think uh, that's definitely something. Obviously, we don't have to get into it, but that's no, fine. You know, I've talked about my. Sometimes I struggle with my mental health and stress right. and and anxiety and overwhelmed feelings and shit like that. And a lot of it is me stressing about shit that I just can't control. And I'm just like, I'm overthinking and ruminating and, and postulating like, oh, what if this happens? Then this other shit's going to, and it's just, just, all of this shit is imaginary stuff happening in my head. And the way my brain works, it takes it to the worst possible situation. Me too. And and because of that, it just compounds and it gets worse. (laughs) And it's just like, I, I think my problem is. Uh, I, I'm not very good at handling that stress. Me and that, neither. And, and so, it. Uh, yeah, it's. So I think it's, I think that's a great lesson for everybody is to to try to reflect and say, you know what? There's really only so much you can control and do. Just manage the things you can. What What is that? What is that? Uh, what is it? Alcohol Anonymous is uh, like God. Yes. God give me the the strength wow. to deal with the things I can and the wisdom to to see the difference and, and forget about the things I can't and then the wisdom to see the difference kind of situation. And the best one, it, one of the best ones is... I totally uh, butchered that, by ex- the way. That's fine. You don't worry about that. No, nobody, none of these alcoholics in our, in our, in our <laughs> listenership, they, they know what it is. They're probably about. on the other side of the radio. Yeah, you yeah, fucking yeah. idiot! <laughs> and then I'm going to throw you over the glass! Yeah, you little, you little wimp. I'm going to throw you over the glass. And then... Uh, there's uh, expectations low, acceptance high. That's the mm. one I like. Actually, my my uncle was an Alcoholics Anonymous, sure. and he would actually Michael J would go and run uh, AA meetings in prisons. Like he was very oh, devoted wow. to helping people. So AA is very uh, was very. I'd never known about it, and he was ta- talking to me about it when, he was, when I was very young, and I was uh, I learned a lot of very good stuff from him. But what was it? What were we? Ta- oh, in terms of there, I was listening to a sports radio show, mm. and they were talking about the Knicks who lost, and. You know, it took me a long time to kind of come to the conclusion that the Knicks losing was, it was a great season and they did better than anyone expected. And that means a successful season and stop it. But there was a sports radio guy who's saying, talking about one of the Knicks players who had just terrible body language and stuff like that. And he says, there are things you can control in your life and there are things that you can't control in your life. So you have to focus on the things that you can control and the stuff that's out of your control, you have to allow them to go. 
And that was, I, I took that was just like, whoa, sports radio, Brandon Tierney, sports radio guy with the good philosophy. But it's true. Mm. Like you can only do what you can do. And I tell you what, I got fucking keel hauled <laughs> the last two weeks and none of it I had any control over. None of it. I had zero control over any of it and I just had to deal with it. And I got, we got past it all. David's in good shape. We're dealing with the insurance company. We're dealing with the workman's comp. We're taking care of this guy. Mm. We're taking care of this. I'm going to go see my uncle and um, his family on Thursday, you know, until we paid the fucking asshole in the UK. Passport arrived. <laughs> Onward, motherfuckers. I mean, what else? You know? did, did you already pay that guy? Or you oh, guys... we paid him the next yeah. day. Uh, we paid yeah. him back. We, I, I sent him an email. The guy was very, like, it wasn't a negotiation email. It sure. wasn't like, it was. it wasn't like, uh, you know, times are really tough, and I, I don't. No, no. It was just yeah. like he was much along the lines of, "Yeah, I just want my money back," and it, you could tell that there was no like wiggle room. There was no like, mm, you know, and there was nothing wrong with the knives. I mean, they were one hundred percent fine. And um, so I just, we just like, all right, I'll pay you tomorrow, and then uh, we issued him a refund yet uh, the next day, and everyone was off. Oh, Allison was just like fucking. I mean, crawling through the phone just furious that how i dare someone do this to us this fucking guy um can can i ask you do, is there a takeaway what's the what's the lesson in this is, is it in, in the future uh sorry with in regards to this return if somebody does this again do you say what does it cost i'll pay it or do you say sure we'll we'll refund you well, what's the lesson in this? The lesson was after talking to Tomer, Tomer yeah. follows up with an email. So we are going to, Allison especially, because we don't get a lot of UK orders. Because, I mean, you know, it is expensive to ship, you know, to ship the three knives with uh, USPS was... For sure. Uh, I mean, it was 75, 80 bucks, something like that. Yeah. And um, the, the, the takeaway is going to be we're going to just follow up with an email or we put something on the website saying for international orders, you're, you're responsible for customs. And I'm not writing in saying, don't worry, I'll try to do it, make it cheaper than it is. Yeah, no. You know, we have, I have, you know, look, I got uh, guys who are buying t-shirts from, you know, from to, to Canada and unfortunately it's expensive to ship. And yeah. I try to like, not, I say it's a gift and hopefully well, you, our friend Craig Lockwood won't let me send him anything because in France, and I was talking to the postal person in Germany, you send a gift to someone, they're fucking, the fucking country's taking a vig. They're taking a fucking bite. Everyone's stepping on that. I can't send Craig anything because you got to pay the fuck. You got to pay France. He says, don't send me goddamn anything. I don't want to pay. Oh, shit. You know, so like, I, I said, what if I slip that. 40 bucks in with it? What if I stuff like, I'll send you the package and I'll put 40 bucks in because I don't want it. I don't want to pay. And I'm tired of paying. So it's the, the takeaway is, is like you roll the dice and, you know, and hopefully you don't get an asshole. But the more you work, the more you deal with people, the more you fucking deal with assholes. And sure. There's not much you can do about it. So and you, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Well, you guys were talking last week about the refund policies. You had a oh, question right. that was that was 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 on this point, and and you guys were talking about credit card uh, the process percentages. Fees. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is like I can't say to the guy, well, you know, you checked on you checked on the box, and this is these are your knives now. If he has refused delivery and they're in my possession. I can't just say, fuck you, I'm keeping the knives in the money. I mean, that's fleabag shit. I mean, that would have sure. been sweet. I mean, I wish there was I wish there was an ethical loophole to that. Trust me. Are you kidding me? That would be like a rental agreement or something like that. But 
you can't really do that. I mean, if the guy, if the guy refuses them, and I have them, you know. Now, if if they had been lost, and there could be insurance situations, that's that's a different ballgame. But it's like you pay the fucking guy and and hope it doesn't happen again, and then you make sure you you're in a position where you can do. That's the thing is, if we all get fucking a million refunds, we're sunk. You know, one right. two oh, once in a while is okay, but like you know, a two thousand dollar refund is like bad news you were saying that you were from advice or conversation from tomo you're going to do a follow-up uh, but you talk about uh anticipating the customer's needs right it is so it doesn't make sense to beforehand especially if you figure out where this person is from to be like okay just so you know there are additional fees or vat fees or taxes or import fees that are associated with shipping to the uk are you going to be okay with that? Is that something that you'll do in the future? Or are you going to do a, f like what, I, I guess I'm, I'm not clear about what the follow-up is. All right. So what we'll do is before okay. we send the package, someone okay. buys something off the website, they yep. pay the international shipping. It's yep. in the, the money's in the bank. Okay. Before I send anything, Allison's going to just shoot an email saying, just to let you know, we're excited that thank you for your support. Thank you for, I don't know what the hell she wrote yeah. yet, but it's going to be along the lines of just to let you know, there will be customs duties that you're responsible for. And then before I send anything, we'll be able to, you know, just, oh, I know. I, know. I mean, most that's, this is the first time this has happened in sure. eight years, 10 years, 10, 15 years of sending things across the, the, the world. Right. You know, this is the first time that's ever happened, rejected, you know, but apparently it happens. And it's just like being aware of it and just like letting them know, look, I'm not, I can't calculate what customs is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's all up to you. I remember we had uh, our friends at Damasteel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damasteel. Oh, yep. we do a Damasteel ad now. But Damasteel, years ago, sent some steel. And I don't know how they wrote the customs the sheet, sheet, sheet. And all of a sudden, I, the package shows up, and I'm like, it's just, I owe $200. Oh, right. And I'm just like, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, I thought I'm being paid by Damasteel here. How come I'm paying the UPS? <laughs> they were nice enough to take care of it. They, Stamus Steel is first-class individuals. Yes. But, I mean, I don't know how these customs things work. We get shit sent to us from Amazon from all over the world. We don't have to pay customs, but all of a sudden, I don't understand it, frankly. Yeah. Really? Well, and I remember, um, yeah, so uh, the, the Damas Steel thing, it, it was, I think it was, yeah, it was a, it was a large sum. It was like almost $1,000. Um, but it, the, the value was in kronas which is the swedish currency but the way it was input on the documentation that it was valued in almost a thousand american dollars oh, and that's, that's why, why and that's oh. why they're like oh you want this yeah. you got to pay a little bit of yeah. a tax we're stepping on it yeah <laughs> we're stepping on it we want a piece so yeah that was that was the miscommunication i think right. and and yeah they were awesome they they worked it out and they they said it right for us however if you want to talk about a first-class individual, a group, damasteel.se, that's damasteelab on Instagram, and they are the best. And I love this damasteel thing. I'm looking forward to the damasteel uh, invitational, and everyone's got that, got their piece of steel. We're going to all do a, the, the build-along. And if you go to damasteel.se, put in the promo code KNIFETALK10, you're going to get 10% off all these amazing stainless steel, the stainless pattern-welded steels uh, with all... And if you go to their website, they have everything, the different types of steels, how you heat treat, how they have YouTube videos on 
on uh, heat treating, on etching, and everything like that. So go to yeah. damasteel.se, get yourself some of that damasteel, and get yourself uh, 10% off with knife when you put in uh, Knife Talk in the promo code. Yeah. Thank you very much to my our friends at Damasteel. Yeah, Stole and for my phone. You did it. Uh, on the uh, build along, just as a reminder for folks, uh, if you're doing it, remember that the only I th- I'm pretty sure the only stipulation is that the whatever you make from this specific steel that's part of the build along situation for the invitational is it has to be culinary oriented. It has to be right. some sort of culinary thing. Would it be bad if I did a comb? All I could think of is I'm looking at this piece of paper. Well, it's like the size of it and everything. It's just like, what can I fucking make with this thing? And I'm just like, what if I made a comb? Would they be mad at me if I made a comb? Like a damn steel comb? You could definitely get like a pairing, like a pairing knife and a utility knife out of that thing. I mean, you how many do times do you get food, you get hair in your food? I mean, you got to get it with something. <laughs> so you use a comb? Mix yeah. Some, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Damn here's the move. Kit. You ready? Go ahead. Tweezers. Yeah. Thought about that too. You could rivet them. Half yes. and half, make them yes. nice. You Shit, can... I should have said we gotta edit that out. Yeah, <laughs> eh, edit it out for sure. Then we can start. So we can start selling it to our friends over at, uh, at JB Prince. Uh, but the st- the steel is Vineland, and it's two hundred by twenty five millimeters. Two hundred by twenty five millimeters. Is that two hundred millimeters by twenty five millimeters? And it's three point two millimeters thick. So, yeah, very good, excellent. Yeah. Well, what do you want to do? We have questions. We have listener feedback. There was a lot of feedback from your last episode. Uh, there are lots of great questions. The world is your oyster, my man. Onward and upward. That's what we're starting. We're, we had, we we're started a little bit on the low side, and then we're bringing it all back up. We never even talked. You know, I did send you. I knew you guys were podcasting. You didn't even talk about that that uh, dick that was mowed into the lawn outside of King Charles's coronation. I, that, I, no one wants to talk about that. That's unbelievable. Why, why don't you talk about it? Well, should what, we wait what, save what, for the after show? Sure. All right. Let's, let's save talk for the about after, after show. That after is, show. I mean, that is unbelievable. All right. <laughs> so we can do questions. Let's yeah. do some questions. Yeah, let's do some questions. You want to kick it off? Or you want me to do it? Sure. If you want to submit questions to the podcast, you go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can DM us questions. Uh, we interact with the show. If you have different <laughs> ideas for different things and blah, 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 blah. First one comes from our friend CJ Ballard. This is similar to one that happened last week, but we're going to do it anyway. Can I submit my question here? Yes, you can. Hey guys, um, like the show, like the show. And I've been listening for a few months. Um, I'm a new knife maker and I've been doing custom knife builds for about a year. Is it okay to quote copy another knife maker's design? What's the etiquette here? I'm not good enough to copy the good knife makers exactly, but it would be helpful to copy an awesome outline of a design that you really like. Is it? Is that okay? Thanks, fellas. Keep up the good work. I like the fact that he says, I'm not good enough to do copy the good knife makers, so all you shitbags, <laughs> I'm ripping you off. What's the etiquette for ripping off a shitbag? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, if, if this is for a custom order... I have had customers send me specific profiles of blades. Right. And and I think if somebody said, I really like that Jeff Fader profile, can you do that? Um, I mean, honestly, I'd be a little uncomfortable, but right. I, 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 I could say I can take inspiration from that. Sure. And then kind of just do my own thing. Yeah. Because I think part of the problem that happens often unless somebody sends you a profile which has happened for me before a knife that they specifically own and have outlined the knife 
and I said, I love this profile, this knife. I just want you to, I want your style steel and grind and handle all this stuff, but I want this profile. I've done that. Um, but otherwise, I, I think ultimately, like people think, oh, I want this or I want that. And uh, they don't really know what the fuck they want. Right. Um, you can definitely, and I think taking inspiration is perfectly fair and, and, and fine. Um, and if you think you're going to post it, then, you know, easily, it's very easy to just say, oh, you know, I'm a big fan of so-and-so's work, whoever it is that you're quote-unquote copying, and say that you got insp inspiration from them, post it, share it, mail it out, move on. I think that's fine. But it's when people pretend like they're just making up, especially when they're like really unique details. Like Don Nguyen's work is very Don Nguyen style. Right. And if somebody like posts something with that same kind of like pointed front portion of the handle and, and like if it looks basically like copy and they're like, look at this great knife I made. And I'm like, you dickhead. Like that's yeah. a cop. That's a rip. That's a copy. Now you, you didn't come up with that. And, and because you didn't take two fucking seconds to say, I'm a big fan of Don Nguyen and his right. work has really inspired me and I'm still continuing to figure out and find my voice in this craft. That would be, make such a difference right? because the reality is so many of us makers do a lot to help support each other. You could even get Don Nguyen potentially at, to, to like turn around and repost it. I've posted other people's work that looks like mine or even commented on it and be like, wow, that looks great. Nice work. But to pretend like you did it on your own, you're, you're only, you're, you're going to be alien, alienating yourself. Right. Do you know what the young kids would refer to that as? I don't know what. Dick riding. Dick riding. Yeah, you know, he's riding. He's dick riding. He's dick riding somebody else. That's usually what they. That's guess. weird because I feel like it. it's that sounds like it's being used in a negative context. But yeah. wouldn't that typically be a positive thing? <laughs> I don't. I, these dudes are saying it in a not. It doesn't sound positive at all. It says, okay. "What are you doing, dick riding me?" Or something like that. I mean, it doesn't really. I don't know. I would think you're right. You know, but we're old. You know, we don't know what the. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't think the young kids say it. It's like, you know how you used to say this is the shit and that's good? I think it's the same thing. I think when you say you're some dick rider, I don't think that's, I don't think that's good. I don't think you want to be a dick rider. But I tell you what, in regards to the... I think there's a couple of schools of thought. And I just had yeah. um, Matt Stagmer on mm. Full Blast. And we were talking. He's going, to, uh, he's going to submit a knife for the Bill Moran Award. Oh. Bill Moran created, you know, the, one of the founders and the creators of the ABS. Right. They have a specific award to make a knife in the style of Bill Moran. And he, mm. we were talking about it. And I was asking him the characteristics and... We were both saying that, you know, Matt, Matt Parkinson, your old friend, Sword Matt, he does knives and he'll do a, a nod to the Bill Moran style. And then there's other guys who do the Bob Loveless style and then they use the, sure. there's, there's these kind of, 
you're get, and it's not dick riding. It's you're you're being very. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm now backing off from. I'm not calling anybody a dick rider, but you're 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 trying to you know you're you're doing something in the style of this, and it's meant to be that way. Yeah, yeah, because it's out of respect and admiration. Right. Right. I think that that is a problem. I think there's a couple problems, and this is this is like a, a big problem in the knife making world. The money, and it's the podcasting world too. I'm a, I'm a member of this discord group the podcasting discord group and i see some comments that make me think that it's the knife makers and podcasters are the same they think that they you get the equipment and then you figure it out and then the money just arrives and i think that the knife making guys are the same way they're not doing it because they're enjoying the moment and they're enjoying the hobby and they're getting the satisfaction of creating something out of their two hands. But it's like all of a sudden somebody says, Oh, you made a knife. I'll buy a knife. And then all of a sudden, the, you know, you, you see that dollar signs in the eyeballs and then the, you see the dude with the, you know, the Scrooge McDuck with the bag of gold. And you think all of a sudden <laughs> this is my ticket. Yeah. And I think that what happens is, is you're just, people find themselves in this position of like, the cart before the horse. Now, in regards to styles, I um, signed. A, I got a sponsorship with GL Hansen, the the, uh, the guys who make G Carta. There's a lot of guys who make the G Carta handles, and a lot of guys use them. And I'm using them for some of my handles. I know that Camacho uses them. I mean, our yeah. man Zach Camacho uses them. But it's not. It's just like, at the same time, it's it's you know, giving. You got to give credit where credit is due at certain, at some point. I think that the best. I would suggest is finding something that you like. If it's a culinary knife, find something that you like to use and use the attributes of why you like to use it. And just like you said, just like you said, um, uh, use your impression, your impression mm -hmm. of what's going on. I think it's a very good long question we're going to be answering for the rest of our lives. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I think, that all is i absolutely agree yeah and maybe it's even a thing you say to a customer in the conversation um if they send you like a, a picture of somebody's work and right. they're like i want this profile you can even say back back great i will use this for inspiration and and then just move from there i and have i don't know go ahead i'm sorry no 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 go ahead i have a guy who sent us a picture of Here's the cool thing about the knife making community. I have a picture. Uh, a guy sent uh, um, Allison a, a message saying, I have a set of knives that I want you to do an offset serrated knife. And here's what I have. And he showed me what he has. And I know this guy. I know that guy. I know this guy. And it made it gave me the opportunity to write this message to him. I was like, I am psyched because I know all these guys. I will do my version that fits within the set. Like mm. I know the kind of they're using Baker Forge steel, so we we'll use some Baker Forge steel, and we're I. But it was really cool because it was like the fact that I knew these guys. It wasn't just like I'm going to knock this guy off and I'm not knock that sure. guy off, but I'm going to make it fit within the confines of their work and my work. And it was kind of a great project because it was like you don't normally get that position where you fiz you actually know these guys, and you're just like this will be cool. I will work within the confines of the way I make knives, and then what I'm seeing in your set. And we're going to do something fun. And that makes it kind of more interesting. Yeah. But I'm not going to knock one of the guys off. Sure. Uh, I got to, I have a clarifying Shoot. question for you. Shoot. What, what is the Bill Moran Award? Because I'm not, I mean, you kind of quickly said it, but what what is it? I've never heard of that award. Uh, so every year at Blade Show, they have these different awards. And one award is 
the knife that is in the, within the style, and I'm paraphrasing based on, I don't know exactly. Okay. But it's a, the knife within the style of Bill Moran. And I asked Matt, what's the characteristics of a Bill Moran knife? And he says, uh, there's, there's, there's silver inlay, and then there's a lot of file work on the heel of the knife, and then there's roping, and there's, there, there's hmm. these telltale signs. And okay. Basically, a lot of it, like the way Matt Parkinson makes his knives, there are all these nods to Bill Moran, and I guess the master bladesmiths all say, "What is in the in the vein? In the what's celebrating the the Bill Moran style of knife making, and oh, which knife you. of this group accentuate uh, you know um, is the most best representative?" But it's also Bill Moran and the knife maker in them. So, so Matt's like, "I'm going to do something within the style of Bill Moran, but it's going to be my knife. It's not. It's he said. He said to me, it'll feel more like it's a collaboration.' Oh, I thought that's it was cool. a really nice. I thought that was a really nice way to say it. It wasn't just like I'm ripping off Bill Moran. I'm gonna. <laughs> sure. I'm gonna like use the. These are the characteristics. I'm gonna incorporate that into my design, and then we'll, we'll see what happens. I got gotcha. you. So cool. well, that sounds interesting. I yeah, really to cool. That. Really cool. But I mean, you, you know, you could say that about like, you know, doing the, the journeyman Smith test, like there's a whole idea of, I mean, you can't just go off the range. You can't just, you know, do whatever the hell you want. You have to do something within the vein of what they're looking for. And you can look at some of those knives and you can see, well, that looks like this guy's knife. That looks good. But I mean, that's what they're wanting in that situation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe we should go forward. Keep going. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, guys, if I can just interrupt. I just want to tell everybody all about KnifePrint.com. It's 2D CAD in the browser, specifically for designing knives. So if you've never used CAD before, it's super simple. Head to KnifePrint.com. No licensing, nothing to download. It's all done directly in the browser. And the best thing is, you can then hit print and either print you know, a template via paper or they'll even water jet cut it to steal for you. Send in the post. Go take a look, knifeprint.com. It's the shit. Right. Back to the show. All right, this next one, thankfully, oh, comes please. with a, uh, a pronunciation. Oh, I wish you didn't have that pronunciation. God damn it. I wish you didn't. I wish <laughs> you, you didn't. You're the one that put it in. You left it I know. In. I'm, not a, I'm not a total piece of shit. Well, when I first saw it, I was like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> so it's spelled F-U-I-N-S-E-O-N-G, not No N, no N. There's F U I N S E O G. Oh, sorry, I said N G, didn't I? That's sorry. Okay. Uh, knives. See, I'm already fucking it up. And so That's I was right. like, Fwin Fwin Seong But that's definitely not right. I wanted to put the N in there because S E O N G is a common portion of like Korean names. And so, anyways, it's Fwin Shog. Looks like. Quinn like Shug knives. Like, yeah. It, uh, it says, hi, guys. Or, hi, gents. I'm carefully working off... Sorry. Let me start that again. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm currently working off a 1x30 grinder uh, while trying to... Uh, while I try to build up enough capital to invest in a 2x72. Uh, I can manage just fine for most tasks, but the thing that I find toughest is trying to get in all those tight spots, like finger notches uh, on the handle. Are there any tricks or workarounds that you can recommend, or do I have to purchase uh, the first of many Dremel tools? Thanks, as, guys. As we all know, if you don't have three Dremels, you ain't Dremeling. <laughs> you ain't Dremeling. I only have two. Well, wait. All right, well, you better get another one. I have a Dremel, 
And then I have a bullshit knockoff Harbor Freight Dremel. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> and then I have a, uh, oh, what's the fancy Fordham. one? A Fordham. Fordham. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a hot, you're, a, you're on the varsity Dremel team. Then. <laughs> Except for I fucked up the 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 drive arm on the even I gotta better, get a, I gotta get a new better, one. So they're all kind of janky as shit. Yeah, you're on the fucking you're on the you're on the starting you're the starting center on the Dremel team, Varsity Dremel. That's my favorite. That's my yeah. favorite position to be. Uh, all right. So what are your thoughts for getting into those tight corners? Here's what I would do. This is an off yeah. the beaten path move. I would get yourself some. I'd go to a woodworking woodworking place and get different sized drums that fit on a. That fit on like a drum, like a drum sander. Okay. And put it in your drill oh, press. Oh, chuck it. Chuck it in your drill press. All right. Get different, and then all of a sudden you have a little bit more control. Like yep. there are there are uh, there are machines that have like a drum, an oscillating drum uh, table drum. You know what I'm talking about? Those woodworkers have like it's yeah. like a it's it's an oscillating drum sander with table. Yeah, it does the get up and them, down and round yeah, and round. Just, Get some of them. Get some of them. Stick in your drill press. I we, sure. when I was at the last fabrication shop I was at, I was constantly using a drill press like a mill, and I was putting things oh on a, with a screw. <laughs> well, but I mean, but like you know, like something needed to be mere polished, and there if such was like a cup or something, and you could put it in with nuts and stuff like that, and then you can hit it with the sander and stuff. It's the okay. sander or the not the sander, but the um, Scotch Bright wheels, and you can buff it up. So if you didn't want to have to deal with those finger choils, get yourself the right drum drums and just stick in your fucking drill press. Yeah. And I'm, then yeah. you could even build like a jig off of your work table so you can rest it. And then all of a sudden now you're not like holding it in space. Mm -hmm. That's what I would do. Or you just raise the table up, right? Raise the table up, put a little rester on there, and then get yourself get yourself, and then use the drill arm to use the whole use the whole part of the damn drum. You could there use you some go. Kydex sheath, like the press form foam, that dense foam. That could be a nice rest for your arm. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, get yourself an easy chair. <laughs> You're all squared away. I, what would you do? I am always impressed by the work. Of Jelle Hasenberg. Oh. Uh, he's a Dutchman in Ireland and he does fantastic handle shaping. And basically, all of it is done off of the machine with files and sandpaper. Yeah. It is fucking impressive. And if you want some inspiration, go check him out. He's Hasenberg, H A Z E N B E R G, knives on Instagram. But he is a worthy follow. For any fucking reason, honestly, especially for knives. Um, but particularly, he does go through some, uh, like, kind of, I don't know, if there might be some videos, but I've, I feel like I've seen more still shots of him using the files in this sandpaper to move the material. And honestly, like, a couple hundred years ago, that's how you would have had to do it. And right. he is, pff, I, I don't know anybody better honestly, than him with files and the contours and the different facets and the control. The thing that, that really impresses me is the control. Like he creates all these contours and shapes and facets and he doesn't fuck them up. He doesn't wash them out. He has got the skills to pay the motherfucking bills. And so go check his stuff out because he, um, he's doing it all by hand um, with files and sandpaper. Um, but other, otherwise, the only advice... If you're going to go to the drum, I think the drum route that Jeff was just talking about is great. 
Um, I would be careful to not put too much sideways pressure on the drum. Let the sandpaper and the drum oh, yeah. do the work. If it gets dull, fucking replace that. But if you start pushing sideways, you're going to mess up the collet um, because standard drill presses aren't necessarily meant for sideways pressure. It's just up and down. Uh, a mill is different. They're engineered differently because they do sideways cutting. So they're made for that sideways pressure. But if you just have a drill press, just take it easy. You can also get the... Um, Fuck, you could put that in a hand drill and put it in a vise if you had put to. Put in a hand drill. Put in a hand drill. Or you could even put the hand drill in the vise. <laughs> Let's just figure out all the different ways you can do it. And it's just like, but they have actually, if you have a, if you have a uh, die grinder, that's the bigger version of the Dremel. That's what I was going to say. They'll have, they'll, they have the bits, the carbide uh, burrs are awesome in the drill press. I use them all the time in the drill press. And they, you know, obviously as just as Mirako was saying is don't try to put too much pressure in. And a lot of this stuff, like that, that little finger notch thing, you're doing it while the steel is not hardened. Don't do it when the steel's hardened, you know, like figure out that profile shit beforehand before oh, yeah. you heat treat it and then you're 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 gonna be a lot easier but yeah i would that's those are all i think those are all good enough answers <laughs> i think the first hammer in that you held that i was at you had like your die grinder set up and i was trying to do some like show how i polished something or whatever and you didn't have a, a buffing wheel but you had the die grinder with a buffing bob on it or whatever oh my god and i fucked god. it up <laughs> i put too much sideways pressure on it because you had it clamped into a vice and everything but i was pushing on it too hard and it fucked up that arm i was like oh no i ruined it i, I don't know okay. if i i might have ruined the whole machine I, well you know but. frankly we don't use that machine anymore because it is like it's like when you turn it on it's like all hell breaks loose in general it always has been but I don't. I don't remember it being a problem. I don't, okay. I don't remember. I think it's fine. I don't use it as much. I. I would rather actually have those bits in a uh, drill press because you're getting more torque and less speed, and mm -hmm. you end up, you end up moving material a lot easier. That's for sure. But I, I don't. And it's a funny. That thing turns on. It's like turning on a helicopter. It literally is so loud, and it's just like you have to brace yourself. What? And I prefer not. To, oh, it's crazy. Totally yeah. crazy. Um, I, I remember. I don't. I bear, you shouldn't have reminded me. Now I'm going to be like, I wonder if the fucking thing is still okay. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but you know what? I tell you what. If I did I'm have sorry. enough money, if I did have enough money, I would strongly suggest throwing all that bullshit answers we got and so get yourself a Broadback Ironworks. Get a two by seventy two grinder from uh, Broadback Ironworks. They're they are knife makers making machines for knife makers, woodworkers, sculptors. If you're removing material, this is the one for you. And Broadback Ironworks is going to be down at Blade Show at booth one, 517, and they got special deals. Let's tell you about some of those special deals. The Blade Show sales, they're going to give you a free pack of belts with new wood belts for each package, the, all the, the Max, the Mega, the Premium. The free beveling table with each package, new dual-action, uh, dual-axis tracking system with each package, free slack belt attachment with the Premium package, free disc sander attachment he i he didn't write he wrote free disc sander you ain't getting a free machine you're getting, a, you're getting the disc sander attachment you ain't getting the whole all of a sudden everyone's running down there you get a free disc sander. you ain't getting a free disc sander. you're getting a disc sander attachment which is worth it and then you end up getting 215 dollars worth of free stuff with the max package 200 uh, 445 dollars off with the mega uh, premium package and you get 590 dollars worth of free stuff with the mega package so go check out what's going on over there. And guess what, guys? Maritime Knife Supply and Gamaco down in Australia are carrying their products. So if you're in Australia, you're just like, I'm tired of hearing about Broadbeck Ironworks. 
Go check out Corn and the guys. They have, uh, they're the leading distributor for Broadback in Australia. Yeah. And Lawrence has got all of it in Canada, so you're all covered. And if you can't make it to the Blade Show, the deal is going to be available online. Um, and it goes through the 11th. So actually, Blade Show is, you know, the second, third, and fourth. But the deal follows for a whole week after. So it's good for a whole week after Blade Show ends. So it goes until June 11th. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm going to hop down to Nice Handmade Dives. He's, uh, he followed us on Instagram and sent us a message. Nice Handmade Dives. Yeah, that's it. Writes, hey, gents, I saw Jeff's restored cleavers recently, and I had a question. When picking up vintage cleavers, how far do you take a restoration? For example, if they have a good handle that needs a little bit of love, would you rather clean it up or take it off and put your on your own spin on it? Essentially, keep it as true to the original as possible or redo it to modern. I guess this is a question of restore versus resto mod. You know, one of the funny things about this podcast is everyone's watching me. And then they fucking ask questions to the goddamn podcast because they know they don't dare DM me. So I know nice man made nice. He's got his eyes on me. He wants to know. So what do you think? Um, I, I like the look of vintage. And if, if I can, as much of the material as I can preserve, whether there's like a funky guard or, um, or the handle material, I try to preserve as much of it as I possibly can. If it's absolutely gone to shit, then I rip it off. Um, but I try to replace it with something comparable to what was on their original. Because, I, I don't know, I really like uh, the vintage quality. I, I collect vintage culinary cutlery. Um, and I like the look of it. And so I want it to kind of still have that aesthetic of what it originally looked like. Just prettied up, basically. Right. So that would be my move. I'll tell you what we started to do. And it started, it's goddamn Tony's fault, my business partner. <laughs> Fucking Tony ended up buying. He, Fucking all of a sudden, Tony. He's like, how come you don't make cleavers? I'm like, because oh, getting the steel is a pain in the ass and grinding them is a pain in the ass. And, and it, everything about the idea of making cleavers on a production level was like, it's just, it's just I just don't want to stand by the grinder and grind fucking cleavers all day. I just don't want to do it. So he's like, I got a great idea. I'm gonna. This is years ago. He's like, I'm gonna get to some uh, old cleavers. You think you could rehab them? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So he got me all these. He just he fucking guy just ended up buying. Just so he went bought a pile of like a uh, forty twenty five thirty cleavers on eBay. He's like, there, something's coming your way. Yeah, the first time he just showed up with a box, and then so I made the decision based on because he doesn't know. He doesn't know what to look for, and I'm like, you know, whatever you want. You're having a good time. So what I decided to do was I was going to take off any problems, okay. but keep as much pitting as possible because sure. that's just the that's what it is. I'm not going to grind it down to you know zero. I mean that's just like I get you got to keep some of this on. Yeah. The interesting thing about cleavers, and I just probably as this comes up, I just we posted a rehab cleaver. The way they heat treated cleavers, especially in batches, was they ed edge quenched them at an angle. So like. Mm. You'll see when you get old cleavers that somebody's hitting them with a hammer. Like you can see like the dings on the spine because oh, right. it's softened. Yeah. You know? So we'll clean up the spine. I'll rip off the handles and then give my style of handle, maybe just colorful G10 or maybe, you know, whatever we got. I used to put file work on it and I stopped. Only because I was just like, at what point is this mine? Is this theirs? Or what are you doing here? Is this a re? Is this really a restoration? Or is this a re? We started calling it a rehab, and it's 
great. And we, I clean it up and I just put one up. Uh, it should be up by the time this episode comes up. It should be on my Instagram where I highlighted the, um, the, the, the quench line where the difference between where it was hardened when it wasn't hardened. And now I'm starting to, I usually give everything a mustard patina. And then that also highlights that, that line. So they're the bottoms darker and the top mm. is lighter. And sure. I just try to kind of go for, are we calling it a rehab? We're not calling it a restoration and I'm not about to argue with people in regards to it. And, <laughs> Um, it's up to you. I, I, it gets to the point where it's like, obviously I'm sure some Cleaver fans would be like losing their fucking minds, but I get some garbage. You know, Tony, Tony is, he, he buys a, he is a recreational spender when it comes to the Cleavers <laughs> and he doesn't have like the eye for details. He's getting any old piece of shit that comes along and I'm fixing them and then making them good again. So right. we're really, I'm not putting my name on them and I'm really like, but the fact is, is people want Cleavers. So it's it's a personal decision and that's where i'm going so i'm cleaning them up as best i can making them sharp accentuating the oldness of them but at the same time making them uniform and clean uh and putting a new handle on and you know it's working for us i gotcha are you putting them through uh what is that that rust rust eater stuff i rust. evaporust that's the I, one did I some of them I do use the evaporust and if you go to the Action Iron podcast, they interviewed years ago. They interviewed the owner of of evaporust and he's not a sponsor. I don't know this fucking guy. I did try to get him to sponsor the Full Blast podcast and he and he said yes and then I gave him the bill and then he stopped answering. My, I mean it wasn't. I wasn't even going crazy. I wasn't even giving him crazy. I wasn't even giving crazy numbers. I would have taken a couple of jugs of goddamn fucking whatchamacallit he, he just like you know he stopped he, st- he stopped with the accident our podcast too but he he says that it is food safe you know like you can clean it off and it's weird because it what it does i don't know the chemical what the chemical compound of it is but what it does is it takes off the rust but it also like brings carbon to the surface like i'm not 100 percent sure he under huh? he said it in the in the podcast because you'll see it's not fair chloride yeah and but it's like it does something. I don't know what the fuck it does, frankly. But it's like I wash the shit out of it. I, you know, I do, afterwards it's baking soda nine whole nine yards. Yeah. But it's pretty cool stuff. But you can't. It leaves a film. Like you, you, if you, if you take it out, there are oxides on it. So you do have to wipe the oxides off. But it is pretty amazing what it does to an old cleaver. How and di- then maybe we'll do something else to it. Sure. How difficult is it to clean that off? No, I bring it to the sink with some scrubby and some oh. soap and water and just scrub Pretty it off. Though. I mean, it's a lot of cleaning. It's a lot of cleaning involved, but it, it does give a nice finish. It's almost kind of like, it's kind of like vinegar. Like, it's kind of like a vinegar finish, but it's... um. Yeah, it's pretty, Evaporus pretty cool stuff. Now, in, don't fucking quote me. I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's like really, truly food safe, but I do everything to make sure that baking soda and rounds of cleaning with baking soda rounds of cleaning with soap mm-hmm. and water and yeah. you know it's clean when i send it out but you know the early stages with the rust and he, you know look he's the guy says it's food safe i'm not and i ain't drinking it but you're not taking shots of evaporized i mean i'm also not taking shots of gator piss either so i mean <laughs> p.s good that stuff is fucking good i'm just i'm just putting it out there guys the baker forge of gator piss it's all in the name don't tell your customers the name but the fucking stuff is good um i've just i i don't know why but i'm it's driving me crazy saying gator piss yeah it's terrible i've just been calling it gator edge dude let me tell you something i do outrageous i do outrageous 
ad reads for Gator Piss. <laughs> I get messages from Coy. He loves it. He loves everything I do. He loves it. He whatever you just keep doing. I'm not going to tell you what to say. Whatever you want. And I'm like, I'm telling you. And I do the whole ad read. I'm like, listen, don't tell your customers everything. They don't need to know everything. And God damn it, don't tell them about Gator Piss. But you fucking use it. Just keep your fucking <laughs> mouth shut. No one cares. Yeah, I you know. I've dabbled with it a little bit. And I think this, with the small, the little bit of experience I've had using it, which was literally just a few hours of experimentation, I was shocked at how stable the black is after yeah. it comes out. Yeah. It's fucking yeah. shocking. Like yeah. I was, I went straight to a buffer. I was like, all right, cool. It looks great. Now let's go see what it takes to take it off. And I took it over to the buffer and it was a bitch to to buff right. off yeah it's it's really good it's really good stuff so this is a non you know we're with you koi um Can so evapo rust and gator piss freebies for you guys <laughs> no problem <laughs> well, that's fine whatever i'm craging here you ain't, you ain't sending invoices is he? <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden you hear the ka-ching 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 <laughs> and there's that's that's it craig clicking away writing an invoice <laughs> all right I got, do you have other stuff? Do you have like... Uh, we have listener feedback yeah. and uh, I got listener feedback. Okay. Do, do you so, want to jump to one of those? Yeah, let's questions? do that. But before we do that, let's just talk about one thing. If you were going to sand something, use Indas USA RhinoWet. We've been using uh, the 220 and it is the best of... Uh, the 220 is... If you don't... Just get the 220 and just see how you feel. 220 is awesome. All the RhinoWet stuff from Mondas USA is great. And if you go to Texas Ferry Supply and use the promo code Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off everything at Texas Ferry Supply. They are great. We are big fans of Evan and the guys over at Texas Ferry Supply. They For have sure. a lot of great stuff besides RhinoWet. Yeah. Um, and um, but Mondas USA, man, I, there is no listen. There is no better sandpaper. There is no better sandpaper for knife making. Than in Das USA, and, and nobody has told me you guys are fleecing people for the Das USA. Ain't nothing better than Rhino Wet. No one's going to tell me any different. So there you go. So get yourself some of that Rhino Wet Das USA at Texas Ferry Supply and use promo code Knife Talk Ten for ten percent off. Okay, click check that one off. Check that one off. We're getting we're, we're in there. We're in there. <laughs> All right. So once again, follow us on Instagram, Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram, and then you can send us listener feedback. This one comes from Sasquatch. Survival gear. Sasquatch, survival gear. Hey, guys, listen to feedback on the older episode I was catching up on. We were talking about tennis elbow, tinnitus. Mm. Tinnitus, tennis elbow. I think tinnitus is uh, a is hearing. Is that your ear? The it's tinnitus? a hearing thing. What's the, what's the, what is the real word for tinnitus? Enough for, for tennis, tennis elbow? elbow. Um, arth- arthritis? No, no, no. It's, I thought it was tendinitis. It's tendinitis. 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 Okay. See? Fix things on the fly. So tendonitis, we're talking about tendonitis. He says, I have a long background in dealing with this. Back in college, I played D1 tennis, then a year playing professionally. And then he wrote, even in, he wrote, ooh. Yeah. So he, the fucking, that's a real tennis player right there, D1 tennis. Um, the elb strap is just a Band-Aid. That's the, the, it's a neoprene strap with a bump on it that he puts it on. He said that Band-Aid, that does help, but to address the actual issue... You need to stretch your rotator cuff. The best mm. one is called the sleeper stretch, uh, where you search you search the rotator cuff stretches. Uh, the rotator cuff, the rotator cuff stretches, and you do you could do a similar a simple rotator cuff exercise before forging. Treat it like a sport and warm up your arm before you go straight to the anvil. Hope that helps. 
one thing he says that I totally buy into that I used to, th- I mean, we're talking 12, 15 years ago, when I was at the Center for Mental Arts and we were doing railings and we'd have to forge all day long for weeks on end, I felt it was very, we were treating it like you're athletes. We were stretching. We were eating right. I wasn't eating garbage. I was trying to eat lean because I had to work the rest of the day. You really do, especially when you're doing production work, you do have to treat yourself more like an athlete where you're stretching and you're doing all that stuff. That is a very, very good point. Interesting. You I do just, a lot of stretching. I just looked up this stretch. So you lay on whatever you're, I mean, ideally, you probably do it on both sides of your body. Right. But you lay on your right, on your side and say, I'm right, I'm right-handed. So I lay on my side, I have my arm 90 degrees to my body, and then my hand is up at okay. a 90 degree angle. Right. And then you put pressure on the back of your wrist and you press your, you pivot your hand down. And okay. so the stretching is happening in the back of your rotator cuff. There you go. Um, there's actually even a little gif here. Look at us. Um, Look at us. That's like, interesting. I'll have to check that out. Because I, I actually things. have been having shoulder and elbow issues lately. And so I'm going to have to give this a try. Medical advice. We don't, we're not your doctors, and we don't play one on TV. But <laughs> we're here giving you the fucking bro science. So, yeah. Bro science. Uh, bro science. Um, Falcon Knives AK says... After listening to last week's podcast, I have a bit of an idea. I have a new bit idea, similar to knife Karens, but makers can share their stories of market people, people at markets. It mm. sounds like Jeff and Mareko have some good gripes as to other makers I know. I had one guy come up to me in my booth, look at my knives, and say, I'm a knife maker too, but I make nice stuff. Oh, shit. <laughs> I Shots think- across the bow. All I could think of was this scene from Monty Python and wanting to drop to my knee, bowing my head and saying, oh, my liege. (laughs) (sighs) I understand what happens. There is a myopic view from some of these people and they want to connect without thinking of how they're coming across. And I once said, oh, this is embarrassing. This is making me feel so bad. When I was 20... Must have been 23 or 24. I had a shop in Brooklyn and I had my own MIG welder and I was welding all this stuff up. And my cousin's husband was a, he worked uh, at a scene shop uh, uh, at a theater. Okay. And he did light welding. And I went to their house and they showed me this table that he made or something like that. And I said to him, you come to my shop one day, I'll show you how to really weld. (laughs) It was so, and no one said anything. But all of a sudden, as soon as those words left my mouth... I thought, I am the biggest piece of garbage of all time. That was such an obnoxious thing to say. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. And I just, it was fucking really atrocious. Goes mm-hmm. to go into the guy's house. And I said, you know, I looked at this, and I see what you're doing. You come to my shop, I'll teach you how to weld. Wow. <sighs> yeah, that is a That's fucking terrible. weird thing that people like to do. And I don't get it. Uh, but, I mean, I think you you definitely hit it. Like, they, they're trying to relate. They're just idiots. Right. The, when I said <laughs> In that, that moment, my, they're being a fucking idiot and don't know how to I, do it. When I said that to my cousin, I was not trying to hurt his feelings. I was trying to be a big shot. And that's what these guys try to do. They want to be a big shot. I make knives. I make nice stuff. Uh, 
you don't need to fucking do that. So yeah, so if anybody wants to send in there, and that's uh, Take Care from Alaska, that's Falcon Knives AK from Alaska, for, feel free to send in your, uh, if this is a good bit, if you want to send in awful things that people have said to you, not that I've said to you, because that could be a whole fucking episode. If you have <laughs> awful things that people have said to you, send them in. I'll read them off. No problem. Um, I I, I want to hear some of the shit that you've said to people. I'm sure people... <laughs> Oh, dude! I can. I, I just, just said one that I'm sweating right now from saying that last one. That was a bad one. Okay. I'm trying to think about other. I'm trying to think about. I when I was well, b- between 19 years old and 25, mm-hmm. I was unreasonable to the point where if I didn't change, there's no way my wife and I would be still be together. Okay. We came back from a party, and we, all of our friends. This is back in New York City. You know, ninety early ninety, you know, late nineteen nineties. We're going to parties in the city, and all these guys were all like finance bros, and all of our friends mm. were finance bros, and they were just like, and I was like, try, I was a dirty sculptor in Greenpoint, so I was making a whole big stink out. Oh, what do you do for? I'm a steel sculptor, and then I would suck the air out of the room, like it was like, I was so competitive towards these people, I was like inadvertently not understanding how much of a narcissist I was. And I was just trying to suck the air out of the room. And it was so, it was so gross. And I didn't even recognize it. And then one day we come back from a party and my wife says, you know, do you want to ever hear how you sound? And I said, what do you mean? <laughs> so you sound, you sound awful. And, and I, what are you talking about? She's like, you sound like you don't want to listen to one person. And all you want to talk about is you're a big old steel sculptor. And mm. it was very much along the lines of, I had to change my tune because I thought, there's no way this woman's going to stay with me if I sound like such an asshole. And I and I, I was very conscious of it, and, I st- and then I would do what my grandfather, who was with the New York Philharmonic, he was tired of telling people that he was a cellist in the New York Philharmonic. He said he was a chicken farmer. So I started, <laughs> I started, I started saying I didn't say I was. I, said, I might have said a chicken farmer a couple of times, but then all of a sudden, I'm like all of a sudden, it's very hip to be a chicken farmer. Mm. So I, I didn't know anything about chickens either. So I was like, I don't want to ask any more questions. I don't want to answer any chicken farmer questions. So I was just like, I would just you know be very nonchalant. De- depending on the. Uh the context i i have told people in the past that i'm a professional floor sweeper because throughout all of the different jobs i've worked throughout my life keeping the floor clean has been the most consistent thing yeah. throughout all of them and it's fucking important right but <laughs> when i say that people are like oh okay I don't yeah know what that they, means. Stop, they don't ask you more questions do conversation they? done i'm like yeah. sweet thank god i missed that one <laughs> yeah you know what you do the right thing i i don't see I'm, I'm too stupid to think of something good like that the the, the things i would say that it would be it's very larry david there'd be more follow-up questions and all of a sudden i need to do research on what my fake job i don't want to do that <laughs> uh legacy we, blades we, so wait 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 so should we do that but save it for after blade show because i guarantee there's going to be oh. some fucking really really smart things that people say good man good <laughs> at man. tables so good we'll, man. i think we record on the eighth after blade show uh and i think that would be that would be good, good well move. you're gonna have to you're probably gonna have to wait for me because i'm gonna be in spain for that it's maybe okay. a couple of weeks after yeah. guys this is your new assignment yeah you've to report the shitty things people say at blade show yes <laughs> we will read it on the podcast and markets too but i'm and sure there's gonna too, be all really, kinds of great stick, stuff that let's people just stick say it to blade show if somebody says something stupid to you at blade show tell us about it we will read it off stupid things i heard overheard at blade show we got your back but wait for the the request of submissions because oh, yeah, if you do yeah, it too yeah. early it's i it's can't not, keep all that shit together yeah so when um, when we put it up 
or when Jeff, I guess, puts it up, oh, requests for that, then that's um, funny. Well, I think that'd be great though. That's as a great, a, as that's a great, a great Blade Show follow up. What's that the really a, smart shit people say to you? <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, Mareko. Guys, listen to, listen up. We want a full. If you're going to Blade Show and someone says something stupid or shitty, say it and we will read it off. The stupid <laughs> things people said in Atlanta. You know what you're talking about. Okay, Legacy Blade says uh, you guys have been talking a lot in the last few weeks about dumb doing dumb stuff with knives because oh, people doing dumb stuff with knives because they just don't know any better. And I was thinking as I listened, is that really what it is? Then a week ago, my in-laws were visiting, and I heard a racket in the kitchen to find my father-in-law breaking up the ice tray with a steak knife without a second thought. <laughs> I guess people really don't have a clue. Keep up the spreading the awareness. Thanks for the great show. People do fucking weird things, man. Yeah, I don't know. When I hear stuff like that, it's like, well, you've never seen anybody like tap the ice tray on the countertop? Or like we have this new ice tray that has like a has like silicone bottoms, so you oh, you, just you push it out. in. They still suck. Is uh, it the little circles? Tra- yeah, it, no, it's a regular ice cube tray, but it's got like a okay. little pushy thing. It's just ice cube trays really are bad, and ice tr- ice machines in refrigerators always stop working. <laughs> they always stop. They get working. backed up. They no, they don't. You can clean it out, do everything you want, and it's, it's goddamn they still thing. die. Ice is the bane of my existence. And I tell you what I use. I use one of my fader forks. I have a fader fork and I use that. Oh. I do not use the, I'm afraid of using the uh, Jimmy DeResta ice pick because I think I'm going to drive it through oh, right the fucking ice machine. Oh, I think <laughs> yeah. I'm drive it right through. I've done that. I had one of those little shop, uh, I had one of those little shop refrigerators. Sure. And then I don't know what happened. I left for a while and then the, the uh, freezer part, you know, that little rectangular freezer oh, yeah. part in the top, it completely caked up with, with ice. And I thought I was being clever, and I was using like a sharp ice pick, and all of a sudden I hear, a and all the Freon fell out of it, oh, and I ruined tasty. the whole thing. So that sounds yeah, like a fun problem. Uh, and with that said, if you want a fun problem, go get yourself some of that Maritime Knife Supply. It's the one-stop shop for knife makers. Steel belts, abrasives, handle material, forges, heat-treated kilns. And they're the Canadian distributor of combat abrasives, and they're the Canadian distributor of Damasteel, and they're the Canadian distributor of... Uh, Broadback Ironworks. And if there's something that you want that he doesn't have, tell him and he'll get you a message. Every time I say, he's got this, he's got this, he says, no, I don't have it, I can get it. So go check out <laughs> uh, Maritime Knife Supply. Lawrence, a good dude, and he will get you all squared away if you're in the United States or if you're in Canada. If you're in Tennessee and you're saying, what the fuck do I need to get something from Canada from? He's as fast as everybody else. So go, and he's a great supporter of the New England School of Metalwork, and he is a great, great uh, part of the knife making community and Absolutely. that reminds me i have some uh something i told the new england school of metalwork are starting to listen to this podcast oh i don't know if you know that or not i didn't know um and i got a message from isaiah <sighs> oh i almost erased it okay um uh this is ted ted is the new program assistant and the social media coordinator at the New England School of Metalwork. Mm, I love okay. your podcast and listen to it in my shop and the home all the time. I wanted to reach out to introduce myself and say that they have a hammer-in coming up. So there is a hammer-in at the New England School of Metalwork. It's the 13th annual New England School of Met- Bladesmiths Symposium, and it's open for registration. Uh, and Jordan Lamote, our friend's going to be there. Salem Straub, our friend's going to be there. Ben Breda, our friend's going to be there. Matt Parkinson's <laughs> going to be there. Greg also Sims, our friend. friend's going to be there. <laughs> all, all of our friends are going to be there. And you got you can go, they're online registration only. It's July 14th to the 16th, and you have to register online. There's registration. 
a knife show, tons of live demonstrations. There's an auction for youth bladesmithing program. Pre-order your dinner and a t-shirt. Meet the knife makers, tailgate sales, battle of the bladesmiths with $3,000 cash prizes. New England, Middle, New England School of Metalwork, highest level. There you go. I always they, wanted to go to that hammer in because it looks yeah. like a great time. And oh. I was like, oh, when I live in Connecticut, this is, that'll be when I make it happen. Oh, I yeah, never made it happen. Dude, it's so far for me. Every I get, I get, I get my brains beaten out by uh, by Emiliano. Are you coming up? Are you coming up? No, I'm not coming. I get fucking Nick Angier beating my brakes in. I got all the the. I got that. I get those goofballs from Wisconsin hitting me up every five minutes. You could just coming up and what are you? I can't. It's 14 hour drive from here. I wish I could. I want to. I want to. I want to. I will someday. Um, that's 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 the mecca I gotta get up there. Mm-hmm. So so we could do whatever you want. We're rounding third. Uh, we could do more listener feedback. We could do a couple questions. I still would like to talk about uh, the dick that was mowed in the lawn. <laughs> let's maybe let's do a couple more questions and then okay. we'll go to, get to the after show. Yeah, get to the dick. All right. Uh, this is from Sean Wilson. He says, or they say, not really uh, that important, but was wondering if there is a quote-unquote right way to do Damascus layer count. For instance, in a 21-layer initial stack, if in order to create patterns, one might alternate st- alternate steels, but then do five of the same in the middle to have a thick black section, is that 21 or is it 17? And when you restack with an odd number, <clears throat> do you, do you sub- subtract one since the outside steels are matching? Uh, so, or, and then, oh, and then there's, well, let's start there. Um, I, I think in general, I count, for me personally, I count the alternating colors. I don't count the actual pieces. And often in, in my billets, like I can fit like 40 pieces of steel in my little vise that I make my billets in. Um, but I don't, it, I don't, I almost never have 40 layer billets. Um, often they're around maybe at most like 25 and as few as three, but those are the colors. Like uh, my 1080 material is an eighth of an inch. My 15 and 20 material is a 16th of an inch. And if I have an inch and a quarter of black material of 1080 on top and bottom, and then a thick band of 15 and 20 in the middle, that's only three layers. That's not 40 layers of steel. Right. So I, 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 when I'm referring to layers, I'm referring to the actual alternating colors. And then when it comes to you know, like cutting and restacking, some layers get lost in the cleanup work between uh, after forging, right? You have all that forge scale on the outside. It's got to get cleaned up before it's stacked back together. Some of it gets lost. Some of it gets uh, it is remains, but how much you, you never really know. It's hard to really know. Um, and so it, if you're starting with 25 layers and you cut it and restack it, even if it's only, you know, you cut, you, you weld it, draw it out, cut it into five pieces, restack it. That's uh, what is that? 125 layers now. That's, That's what big. I would roughly call it. 125. Uh, and it doesn't have to be exact, but um, people do get caught up with the layer counts, even when it's like mosaics. Ah. Oh. Oh! Ah. So, 
Those weird sex noises. Aunt Jeff getting excited under the table. We had some technical issues again, I'm afraid. We are on it. We're going to get things fixed, ready for next week. Thank you for listening. Bye for now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.